When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Boy, where to begin? I, I, I think we could easily do Chiefs just two hours today, just straight up Chiefs, because, uh, I mean, the easy entry would be into, you know, you're just the luxurious need, Marquez Valdez-Scantling stuff. That's the easy stuff. And then the renovation reveal of Arrowhead Stadium that now, would start in 2027 was announced. That was a renovation? It's a remodel. Woof. With uh, new furniture on the outside. Yeah, what? I didn't notice anything on the interior being changed. Uh, well, those those end zone suites, which oh, I still okay. think are, you know, I the people that buy those things, I, I question how they even made their money in the first place. Sure. They, they can't be like fans that like really want to lock in and watch the game. They just want to have the experience of being close to the players and partying. And flexing their cash. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's, and be able to slap hands and it's, you know get the straight a, football. Yeah, it's a rich person's Sunday night out. Like instead of going to the clubs, you're like, oh, let's just go to the game. We get an end zone suite. And you're like, I guess. But the biggest news of the day, Chiefsaholic pleads guilty <laughs> to bank robbery. <laughs> that was also today. Finally, okay. Oh, anyway, do you ah. see his uh, his lawyer's opening statement? No, media. was it good? Oh my gosh, yes! If it, you could repeat it for us, so we don't have the audio, obviously. But I'll, I'll try to find it. Uh, it was it, like he goes on this rant about like he did the right thing. He stood trial today, a humble man. He talks about like loving Chiefs Kingdom, and he hopes Chiefs Kingdom will rally around him. And he's like, if he gets knocked down, one thing's for sure: his knee didn't touch the ground. Or so I swear, like that is almost a direct quote from it. And you got to like, find that. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up right now. I mean, there's advice uh, about you know not putting your knee down that I could go into, but I think I better just leave it there. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Owen Burke. Us three today. I'm here for the first hour. I'm out at uh, five o'clock because we got Manhattan hoops tonight. Substate semifinal. The Tribe, the Manhattan Boys, will be hosting the Titans of, of uh, uh, Wichita South will be in town uh, for a 6 o'clock tip-off, and we'll start pregame at 545 on the dot right here on News Radio K-Man. And, of course, the K-State women uh, hosting Iowa State. And I've said this already this week. I was talking about it last week that tonight, Aoka Lee versus Audie Crooks is, is going to be one of the best Five versus five, as in position, 5v5, that Bramlage Coliseum has seen in a long time. And Audie Crooks is a freshman. Mm -hmm. Aoka Lee is a seasoned vet. 
And that was a battle in that double overtime game in Ames. Yes. Round two is tonight, and it happens to be senior night. And Aoka Lee was asked about her future. Jeff Mitty did it, um, address it on his radio show yesterday and said, the Rebin talks. She is going to take part in the uh, senior day festivities, but, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's nothing like we haven't heard from like Chris Kleiman that these uh, these conversations will take place after the season. You know, so I, we'll talk about it later. I did enjoy, by the way, the uh, photos that the women's basketball Twitter account sent out today that were the senior photos. That Those were well done. I have to look at those as well. I missed them. But yeah, three seniors, Aoka Lee, of course. Gabby Gregory, and then uh, Rebecca Dallinger, who's been dealing with injuries this year, mm-hmm. hasn't really been able to play much. Um, but the Aussie will be uh, going through Senior Day festivities today as well. Guys, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from good old Huntsville, Alabama. What's significant about tonight is tonight is the final Wednesday Night Dynamite for the Icon Sting. Because this Sunday, at the famous, wrestling famous, Greensboro Coliseum, where K-State in the NCAA tournament this past March won a first and second round game, mm-hmm. will have his final match ever in a tag team contest with Darby Allen, putting the tag team titles on the line against the Young Bucks. <laughs> I will be renting that pay-per-view. I do not blame you at all. Me and my buddies used to get together. We just get two or three of us, splitting like twenty bucks a piece. You split some pizza and just have a good old watch party. You know, the WWE Network just turned ten years old. Really? It's not like the WWE Network anymore. They're now with Peacock, but yeah. it used to be its own streaming network. Mm-hmm. And it turned ten like earlier this week. I remember when it first came out. That well, but pay per views still back then were like fifty five bucks, yep. and AEW was fifty bucks. Yep. I'm like, you know, that's something actually WWE did great with is that make these pay-per-views way cheaper yeah way, way better cheaper. for streaming services yeah that also means we're joined by Derek young from case online he's back with us after a couple of weeks off dy how does it feel that your favorite wrestler of all time is about to hang up the boots good for him yeah he probably <laughs> needs to the native of uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Let's see. Sting wrestler. I believe I, we looked this up the other day. He's 64 years old. So Mother he, of God. He's almost he, he's calling it right before he becomes officially a uh, a senior citizen, I believe. That's 65, right? Uh yeah. So I mean AARP membership's a little earlier nowadays, but yeah. What's a wrestling pension like? <laughs> uh, I bet AEW's is pretty good. And he's been at it for a long time, and he was only with WWE for a few years. You know, WCW went under in a way. Um, I'm he's he's got money put away. He's been making buku bucks ever since the uh, the early '90s. Working for Ted Turner, um, but looking forward to that match. The, the the rumors are out there that now 75 year old Ric Flair is going to pull a fast one and uh, and will actually be Sting's last match. We'll get Sting and Flair one more time. I mean, this isn't Clash of the Champions 91 anymore. No. This, this is not the good old days of Sting <laughs> Ric Flair. Good Lord. That might be Oh, man. What'd you say, D.Y.? I said that might be embarrassing. I don't know. Like, I, I get the nostalgia of it and, and like, a, maybe, like, a commemorative type of thing, but it, people are just going to feel sorry for him. <laughs> It won't be fast-paced. 
Yeah, it'll it'll be impressive for the age. Like when you're like, oh, that guy's 85. He's like, he actually moves pretty well for 85. Nate, Nate still has like huge biceps. Yeah. But he still, he had that match like, what was it, a year and a half ago? Like that was mm-hmm. like his last match or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he wore a t shirt. Yep. He just, the stamina wasn't built up, you know? He got, he got, he blew up pretty quickly. DY, let's, uh, I mean, gosh. You, you want to give your two cents on what you saw from the Kansas City Chiefs earlier today and the renovations that were announced? If you're a Jackson County resident, are you in favor of voting on that three-eighth cents, uh, sales tax for those renovations? Yeah, they're, they're on the hook for more than 50% of that. I would not, because um, if I'm going to pay for something, even though if I'm a Chiefs fan living in Jackson County, I'm probably very much in approval of the franchise considering – winning three Super Bowls in, in five years. But, man, if we're going to start paying the Chiefs every year, essentially, I would like to the renovations to at least be a little bit more noticeable. It just all it looks like is uh, we're paying for end zone seats for the rich, mm-hmm. uh, an Iowa State-type bridge, and, you know, <laughs> extra tailgating area. I don't know. Forgot about the bridge. Yeah, well, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna tear down the K and we're gonna build you a park. We're gonna build you a park with a uh, a band shell and uh, some garage bands can come play on a Sunday for your for your free yeah, entertainment. It was like yeah, you're gonna pay a tax to the Chiefs so rich people can hang out in the end zone and you get a stage and an Iowa State bridge. Well, now. But by God, they're going to get rid of that old uh, wallpaper in the suites, and they're going to put sheetrock up now. It's going to look really good. Um, over to the cats. We'll, we'll squeeze in some cats talk here, D.Y. Um, so last two games, K-State's come out with victories. They needed overtime to beat West Virginia. That was almost a historic loss and a, and a comeback win for uh, West Virginia. And let's not forget, Saturday they beat BYU by 10 in a BYU team that just beat KU in Allen Fieldhouse. What differences have you seen in K-State the last couple of games? Uh, shooting better, right? It's as simple as that. Getting yeah. good looks and knocking them down. Hmm. So and the defense comes and goes at, at times. Still relatively, I think, top three, top four, maybe even top two defense in the Big 12. But when it falls apart, it really falls apart. As you can see by some of the second halves that they've played this year, I think notably what against Oklahoma and then just recently against West Virginia, so but offensively it was just it's been kind of a bear to deal with for most of the season, but they've scored seventy plus four straight games, eighty plus the last two, so that seems to be coming around or or at least a hot streak, and and they were due for one at least, and you got to hope that sustains maybe for at least a few more games. If it does, you start to really like where this team's placed in terms of the NCAA tournament bubble because. Three regular season games left. They're all quad one opportunities. You grab two of those, and you're probably um, giving yourself a chance to be selected by the committee. Now, maybe you still have to go win one in Kansas City, even if you do win at least two. But what looked pretty meager, you know, a couple weeks ago, especially when you lost seven of eight, now looks plenty realistic, especially though it's on the road. A quad one opportunity against Cincinnati, who's kind of in free fall mode, seems very doable. Were you a fan? Of, we've seen the last couple of games that the student section hasn't really shown up, and it's been very noticeable. It's been a major change because it wasn't long ago that the students, even though 
K-State had lost a few games. They're still showing up, coming out to support the Cats. Last couple wins, it's been not a whole lot of students showing up to the game. And I understand a Monday at 6 o'clock is a tough one, even for the uh, the, the season ticket holders, and I and I get that. But you know, Jerome Tang did call out the students once again and brought up the argument that I gave up my cell phone number, you invite me to these events, me and the staff, we show up. Now, I need you guys to show up for us. Did you like him challenging the students once again? I understand his frustration a little bit. Um, I kind of understood, you, you know, you're 5-8 and eight in the league. You've lost 7 of 8, so I, I would – be more understanding of what the crowd looked like against BYU, although it wasn't awful for that game. But once they went to six and eight, you're playing West Virginia for an opportunity to get to seven and eight. You're right on the bubble. Uh, that that seemed like a game where it would be a little bit better than, than Saturdays, but it was a lot more worse, in my opinion. The Saturdays or Mondays nights against West Virginia, that student crowd, that was worse than some of the student crowds I can remember during the conference and Bruce Weber's final year. So, uh, you know, you got to be careful. But I understand him speaking up a little bit just because it was that bad on Monday night. Um, another thing to be careful because it can be a slippery slope. He's right about the outreach and investment and time dedication that they put into the rest of campus and the students. Like they showed that they care. And they show up for them and support them. But to bring it up in that type of way, you got to be careful because it sounds like you're only doing it to get something back in return, almost quid pro quo and transactional. I don't think you want to sound that way. Right. I hear both sides. I really do. We're with Derek Young from K-State Online. Uh, a couple more basketball questions. Looking forward now to K-State because – you know, Joe, Joe Lenardi still, even though it's on the wrong side of the bubble, the Cats have returned now to the next four out, and you know, it seems like K State's chances are are within reach still of making an NCAA tournament, even though it's not going to be a high seed or anything like that. There's still that chance. Three games left on the regular season schedule is, well, it's a it's not an easy one. Let's let's put it that way to keep it simple. At Cincinnati, that could just be a weird game. I have no idea yet how I feel about it. KU on the road. And you have uh, in Iowa State coming to town. How many of those games do you think K State can win? Can win? Yeah. Or will well, win? Or what's your what's your gut say? You know, how many can they win? They can win all of them. I mean, I get it. KU Allenfield at Alice can't stay as the one there in freaking forever. But we just saw what happened to KU the other night. They don't have Kevin McCuller. They were vulnerable without him or with him. They're definitely more vulnerable. Without him, they're kind of a shell of themselves. They still got to go to Baylor and Houston, too. So um, there, there's a chance they lose at least eight games in the conference this year, Kansas, and, and maybe more. So how many can Kansas State win? They can win all of them. Cincinnati's in free fall mode. I just said the Jayhawks are vulnerable. And obviously you get Iowa State at home. Um, you need to win at least two, I think, to keep your tournament hopes alive. I think... Man, you, you put me on a spot. I'll say they win two. <laughs> okay. I think they get to play back on Iowa State, and I think they win at Cincinnati as well. There's a part of me that thinks that game at, in Allen Fieldhouse this year could get very interesting and be very wacky as well. I do too, but I don't, I ain't got the Nuggets to call that one yet. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to call a win there. But this year feels like I'll say even though Kansas State's been less good this year. 
This one feels like the most attainable in a while. It's it's a case of if you get in there and junk it up the way that defense is done, as we saw against Texas as an example, you give yourself an opportunity. Yeah, they're they're just the most vulnerable KU team I've seen in a long, long time. So it probably comes down to every team, what you do in the first five or ten minutes there. Because if you, you stay in it for that long, then you're probably in it for the duration. But we've seen time and time again, that's what hurt K-State most years in Lawrence, right? You're down like 15 by the first media timeout, it feels like. I mean, KU, they last night against BYU in a 76-68 loss, and KU was what, up? Six points at the half. I think they got it to double digits in the second half. I watched. Yep. The, I started watching the game late, but I did catch the end of it. Hunter Dickinson was six of fifteen from the free throw line. Yeah, here's two things. You you mentioned. I know. I just said you, you can't get down to them, but KU's blown some leads this year. Weren't they up by almost twenty at UCF and lost? I know that's a road game, but I think that happened. Something like that. And you mentioned it, and I, I've kind of been beating this drum. Almost since the point he signed. Like I get Hunter Dickinson, you look at his numbers, you look at his production year after year, and it looks like he's an All-American type player. People are going to look at his numbers this year and say, well, he's probably going to be first team All-Big 12. But that's not, despite getting his numbers and his production, that's just not a guy that impacts winning in a positive way uh, all that often. So uh, I think... You know, it's kind of like that Russell Westbrook thing in the NBA. You look at it, you know, especially in his good years, right, or in his prime. You look at a stat sheet every night, it's like, man, he was good. But then you watch the games, like, man, he hurts them more than he helps them, even though his numbers are good. And I think that's really how I would describe Hunter Dickinson. It's part of why Michigan was, you know, semi-okay with letting him go. I mean, his kryptonite was Zach Eady for the last three years for crying out loud so uh he's soft soft, he's a flopper and he doesn't play defense yeah somebody pointed out on social media i think uh maybe you shared it dy that uh you know that the game turned around when hunter dickinson decided to uh muscle his way through just some byu guys that are just standing in the paint by the way i mean these are the two universities i dislike the most you know but i did not feel bad about byu going in allen fieldhouse and winning that game i was like good for you guys to go win that game and and win it, but just by dominating the three point line, and you know, I'll, I'll shout out KSO because every time there's a game, they put out a preview of the game and what's preached every time in the keys: win the free throw line, get to the free throw line, and win the three point line. That's what K State's done the last two games, and you do that now in Fieldhouse. Yeah, anybody's bet on who can win, especially you look at KU this year; they're like. I think they shoot the least amount of threes of like almost any team in the country. They just do do not take three pointers. Don't take a lot of threes. Yeah, they rely on it, you know, especially when now you're missing uh, McCuller, who's turned into a real scorer anywhere. Uh, Well, you're missing now your best scorer really on the team other than Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, that's a boy. They they are a vulnerable team right now. And it sounds like uh, Kevin McCuller will not be available for that K-State game. He's out an extended period of time. He might might be out for the season. Mm -hmm. It sounds like. Uh, one more question on basketball, real quick, because uh, Wyatt and I, we talked about this on Monday to kick off Wildcat Insider. We got into, like, okay, so now there's three games left in the regular season. Now you're starting to think about maybe, like, player of the year, coach of the year. I want to I want to pick your brain on who you think right now your Big 12 coach of the year is. Do you go Kelvin Sampson, Houston, who's probably going to win the outright Big 12 title? At least I think they will. 
or like a like a TJ Otzelberger that took Iowa State, who just you know kind of just snuck into the NCAA tournament, was a was a nine and nine team, and now you know they're just outside of winning the title. Yeah, both. I mean, I think I would probably consider four different coaches. Uh, you mentioned Kelvin Sampson. You mentioned TJ Otzelberger. I think Mark Pope should probably be in the discussion. I think Grant McCaslin should probably be in the discussion. Heck, Johnny Dawkins has done a pretty good job at UCF as well. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament, but certainly better than I anticipated. At the end of the day, I might go Otzelberger because they're almost as good as, I mean, it's relative. They're like, what, only a game behind Houston? And so they're almost have the best record in the Big 12, and they've also exceeded expectations far more than anyone. I, I hate when it's always who does the most with least or exceeds expectations the most. So I like to do a combination of like who is coached the best and also uh, exceeded expectations the most. I, I think it'd be hard not to give it to TJ Otzelberger. Speaking with Derek Young from K-Style Line, when we come back, we'll uh, jump into a little bit of football, including spring ball starts next week. We'll talk storylines after the timeout on the game on K-Man. There's Owen going right into the wrestling themes. <laughs> AJ Styles brings us back into the game on News Radio KMAN. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Owen Burke. We're joined via Zoom by Derek Young from K State Online. You can also find him on the Three Mob podcast, also during football season, as a co host here on uh, on a Powercat Game Day that you can hear on KMAN and K Rock during the K State football season. Well, D.Y., let's jump to football. We uh, found out earlier today that KU is uh, really investing in football now, as not only are they building a brand-new stadium, pretty much, uh, they have also given Lance Leipold a raise. It's not an extension. He'll still His contract's still through 2029, but now he'll be making an average of $7 million throughout the rest of his contract. Is golf making a reach with this investment, or do you find it to be a smart investment? It's a smart investment. Lance Leipold has proven, I think, in what is three, four years there, that he can really coach his butt off. Um, and what's the alternative to let him walk? Because do you really want to drift back into irrelevance? A guy that's proven what he has and has done what he's done there, really against all odds because of what that program once was. I think you got to fight to keep him because if you don't, how obscure do you become again, especially when you don't and it'd be a terrible time to lose a coach too, right? I mean, you're in the middle of a stadium rebuild and all of that. You don't have it you don't really have a stadium because of the renovations and and the and those things are happening because you know, some of it is the support that they have now that they do have a competent head coach. So I I, I don't know what the the alternative would be to get a less good coach. So why do that? KU learned a lesson 15 years ago and try not to let you know them get bitten again by bad judgment um let Mark Mangino go and now you know maybe and maybe you know the Lance Leipold you know getting the interest from Washington and not taking the Washington job and you know, maybe there was an incentive and getting more money was enough to keep them around in Lawrence. So I think KU's pretty lucky. 
pretty lucky to have this coach that is dedicated to sticking around Lawrence. He'll get paid. He's going to be one of the richest coaches in the Big 12 here this next football season. So, yeah, KU making a big investment in football. I think the, the, the stadium's going to look stupid, but it is a new stadium, <laughs> new mostly new stadium. All right. Two K State football spring ball will officially start on March fifth. That is uh, in six days. It's next week, next Tuesday. I'm sure you've already talked about this on the KSO show and uh, you know, on K State Online, but you have to give it all to us. But to you, the top storylines heading into spring ball are what? Dy storylines. I mean, you got to think about the rebuild at the offensive line. What Avery Johnson looks like. Uh, new quarterback coach Matt Wells, new offense coordinator Connor Riley. Those things instantly come to mind. You're probably going to churn out a little bit more defensive depth um, as you march your way forward as well. So those those are the things that would at least be in the front of my mind. And I'll be curious to what the wide receiver position looks like if Keegan Johnson can bounce back and have the kind of year we were anticipating last season, what the new transfer Dante Cephas looks like. You know what you're probably going to get in Jace Brown. Jaden Jackson returns as well. So that that's a a potentially pretty exciting group at wide receiver when I don't know that we would describe it that way in years past. To wrap up, anything football-wise with recruiting that we should know this week? No, I mean, recently picked up first commitment, right? And right. Dylan Duff, the quarterback out of St. Louis. Uh, and that will fire back up with a lot of visits in the coming month and a half because, you know, in conjunction with spring football is typically – a lot of visitors, uh, they go and watch practice and do stuff like of that nature. And it wouldn't be surprising to pick up a few more commitments during that process. Well, should it be someone like a linebacker, Weston Polk out of Coppell, Texas, maybe a running back, Monterio Elston out of the state of Arkansas. Uh, I know they're, they're chasing a lot of big time kids in state. You got offensive lineman, Andrew Babalola from Blue Valley Northwest, tight end Lincoln Cure from Goodland, tight end Deshaun Brain from Derby. Offensive lineman Brock Heath from Blue Valley Northwest. Defensive lineman Jaden Woods from Mill Valley. Uh, Those are really big-time kids. Probably missing a couple, obviously, but they'll be going through Manhattan, I'm sure, over the next month or two. I don't know if any of those would be ones that I'd be anticipating making a college decision in March or April, as some might, like an Elston or a Weston Polk. But that's certainly interesting. Some of those guys really shot up. The recruiting rankings that were just released for the 2025 class at on three. And then also, and I know probably don't have enough time to touch on it too much, but it sounds like, and we wrote about it, I think about a week ago. So we were kind of ahead of the game at KSO and knowing that it was potentially going to happen because a lot of people were talking about an early signing period a week or two sooner than what it is in December. And we wrote about, Like I said, a week ago, I was like, I think there's going to be one at the end of June. Uh, That certainly leaked out, uh, I think, by Pete Thamel earlier today. So that can really Mm. uh, change recruiting in a significant way. You're talking about being able to sign six months sooner than you used to be able to. And that has a chance to be really beneficial for a program like Kansas State. All right, D.Y., last question before we let you go. Today's National Tooth Fairy Day. When you were growing up and you would lose some teeth, what would the tooth fairy typically leave you? I think just a dollar. But uh, with inflation, I'd like to know what how much that is now, right? I mean, a dollar back in 1998. What's $1.1998 to today? 
Is it 10? Uh, good question. $1 in 1998. Give it a quick Google real quick. <laughs> With inflation, that would now be... Actually, it's just now $1.80. Oh, wow. Interesting. I would have anticipated a lot more. You got to at least round that up, right? Two bucks a teeth at least? Well, Two okay. bucks a teeth. A, a tooth. Uh, Thank, you. Oh, a teeth. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well you're younger, Owen. What did you get? I think it was a standard dollar as well. Yeah, so. I usually got a George Washington. Troy. Are you kidding a, me? A quarter? <laughs> yeah, you're damn Troy right. Nickel. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to my head. I didn't want to say it. Was a quarter? No, a nickel. nickel. Oh, no. No. All right, D.Y., that'll do it. We'll see you at the uh, – well, there's a press conference next week, right? So we'll see you on tu- – uh, actually, yeah, Tuesday. There's no uh, basketball games this weekend. So we'll see you in there's, a week, D.Y. Thank you for your time. There's a press conference tomorrow, but you probably won't be at it. But, yeah, see you. Oh, that's true. It's 10. Yeah, I won't be able to make that one, unfortunately. Yep, thank you, D.Y. Have a good one. You too. All right, Derek Young from Kingston Online here on uh, on the game on another Wednesday. Um, his boy Sting wraps it up on Sunday. Can't get my mind <laughs> off of that. I was at Sting's first WWE match. I was there. WrestleMania 31. Oh, my. Is that the Seth Rollins match, right? That is, that's when Seth cashed in at, in the main event. Okay. Um, oh, no, that was against Triple, Triple H. H yeah. And they did like a DX versus NWO mm-hmm. angle I remember during that. the match. So like Hogan came out. Uh, in the NWO gear, which was I thought was pretty awesome because mm-hmm. I'm way more a Hollywood Hogan than a you know real American Hogan oh, it was fan. Way, yeah, it's way cooler as a kid, right? I mean, everybody loves a good bad guy. Well, everybody's better than, as a heel. Yeah, true. absolutely. Very true. Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, man, holy cow, uh, what a day. Um, we could go Leipold. We could go Chiefs. Let's just let the next segment happen naturally because I only have a short amount of time more of the game is next the game on came in Mitch Fortner Trey Coverdale and Owen Burke BriggsAuto.com and came in present passport to Cabo Become an instant finalist this week. Head out to Furniture Warehouse in Manhattan, and in between 5 and 6 p.m. on Friday, we'll be drawn for 10 instant finalists for your shot to win an all-expense-paid trip to Cabo San Lucas on your folks here at K-Man and BriggsAuto.com. Plus, cheap Friday evening meal. Yeah, they're going to have food. They're going to have drinks. Dogs, drinks, chips. Yeah, There I mean, you go. <laughs> you just had to mention food and drinks. You just had to mention Cabo. You had to mention free. I'm there. I mean, there's a lot of words that I like. Yeah. I like furniture. I've been buzzed, yeah. Buzzwords are hitting over here, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A different buzz than what most people were probably thinking. Yeah, Okay, good. All right. I I left my tinfoil hat at home. That's what I was saying. Oh, okay. Uh, You know, the Lance Leipold thing is obviously very interesting because at first I was like, oh, that's a reach. They haven't won a Big 12 title yet. And I was like, well, KU did just win nine games. Lance Leipold's only been there three years. That first year, he you know was a late hire because mm-hmm. Les Miles was let go. <laughs> didn't really get a chance to recruit. As soon as he started recruiting, put together a team that you know was talented. Mm-hmm. You know, even though Jalen Daniels doesn't stay healthy, and we wonder about his injuries, are they real? Is he still going to be a Jayhawk? You know, he had the uh, 
what the thing around his neck that was playing the uh, the highlights. The, yeah, the Apple Video Player. The Apple Video, yeah, whatever it was. Uh, he's played like two conference games in his three years. Uh, but then they brought in that freshman, and he nearly beat K State. I was like, oh god, that was it. That was the most. That game in Lawrence last year was the most stressful game. Still floored that they went away from the option in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my God, K-State. Devin Neal. That kid is good. That kid is good. You know, that offense under control, and I know they're looking to replace, you know, there's going to be a lot of new coaches, you know, secondary mm. coaches, offensive coordinators. It's going yep. to be a different-looking crew under Lance Leipold, but Travis Goff has done his work to invest in KU football for the future. They learned 15 years ago from mistakes, and now they're really pouring in money. You know, I don't know how close Lance Leipold was to leaving for Washington. I don't. Right. You know, Kane DeBoer goes to Alabama, jobs open. It's in the Big Ten now. Would maybe be making more money than he is now. I don't know. But, I mean, averaging $7 million in the Big 12 over these next, what, five, six years – is Buku Bucks. I mean, that now makes what Lance the second or third highest paid coach in the Big 12 other than Mike Gundy. Hmm. I mean, that's a big move to make. But KU feels like they have their guy. And I think it was a smart investment. That is a good coach. I agree. That is a winning coach. That is a national championship winning coach. Like K-State's investment Mm -hmm. in Chris Kleiman. Now, does that mean K-State needs to step up their game? I don't know. Maybe. Um you know, I know Chris Kleiman has said that he's a Gene Taylor guy, but I don't know how long Gene Taylor is going to continue to be an athletic director. He's 66 years old. I got to be honest. I mean, you know, who knows when he thinks about, you know, hanging it up and calling it a career. And Well, and especially given the upheaval that we have seen in college athletics and especially on the football side for the last, you know, handful of years, but especially this past year has been so very active. Yeah, I mean, nothing is guaranteed. And, you know, and Leipold's, you know, buyout isn't anything crazy. It's like Climans. It's like it trickles down. You know, it gets a little bit less as the years go on and gets towards the end of his contract. Anybody can easily buy it out. I don't think that's necessarily a worry anymore these days. The buyout of a contract, I don't think that's the biggest concern a whole lot anymore. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a completely different approach to KU football now. Yes, it is. Than it has been for an extremely long time. They finally found a winner, and now they're investing in the winner. I, you know, it's smart. It's a smart play. I'll give them that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think coaching a lot of the times comes down to like expectation, and then like expectations and like what you're used to for the last five years right the expectations from the last guy and the last 15 years there are no expectations we're just trying to build something here because we don't have much to build on top of Lance Leipold's come and done a great job in three years I think I do think the Washington offer spurred it I think he was rumored in a couple jobs and they're like all right well we got to make sure this guy's not going anywhere I also wonder how much of that is not just the make sure that he doesn't go anywhere in the immediate near future, but to also tide them through what is going to be a season filled with upheaval because of playing at the two different locations. Yeah, you're playing yeah. Children's Mercy the first two games, and like K-State, they play six home games, so they'll have four at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, and then, you know, will this new stadium or whatever be done? I, I think that's the plan. 
you know, speaking of new stadiums, I think I'd much rather talk about, boy, Chiefs fans, a, uh, a new <laughs> stadium doesn't sound too bad in my opinion right now. I, I was preaching last summer that the right way to go would be a new stadium because there was not going to be renovations that was going to make a whole lot of people happy because what is the major renovation that would make everybody, I think for the most part, happy and then would invite certain events like a Final Four and Super Bowl to Kansas City? Dome. Yeah, put a roof on the on the thing. But at Arrowhead, you can't. I, I, I just don't think you can do that. Unless the – it'd probably just be a better idea just to build the new stadium instead of pouring in the money to just put a roof on the thing. One of the things that I don't understand about Buffalo's new stadium, why the hell are you not putting a dome on that? I think there's still a larger crowd of people that are like, this is football. All right? We we play yeah. outside. We don't play. I don't want to sit out in the cold. Yeah, no, I don't I just don't. I trust you. I will be, hey, look at that. The temperature's under 32 degrees. Catch me on the couch watching Red Zone today. It, it, was, just a, it was just a very, and I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm just, you know, this is an unbiased opinion. That was a pretty underwhelming reveal. It just for the for the for your basic fan, you know, your let's put the diehard fan. Let's put I shouldn't say basic the diehard fan that comes from Jackson County in a county that the household income average is fifteen grand under the national average. It's not the richest county in the world, and the Chiefs and and you know Clark Hunt and and Mark Donovan and whoever else want. These people to vote on a three-eighths sales tax to go in effect, uh, the, the vote will take place in April, and you give them that, where that doesn't really give them a whole lot. Like, you know, it's, I don't I know if that really, was the best pitch. I really get the feeling that they were counting on the Royals still being a part of the Truman Complex, and so everything that they put together for today is almost an afterthought. I, I think it's also leverage. It's possible, yeah. Because you have Patrick Mahomes. And you have back-to-back Super Bowl championships. And you have a franchise player that seems like he could just bring you an endless amount of championships. It's like, you know, does you know, Clark Hunt is cheap. Uh, my opinion. He, this guy is cheap. They're, you know, Just ask the players. Yeah, they did a, They did their, their poll yeah. and everything, and he came in dead last for the owners, an F-minus. He's 32nd amongst player rankings for ownership. And it's $800 million renovation that there will be new Jumbotrons, which will be like the same like oval or whatever, and uh, I know fans want didn't, that. Didn't those already get upgraded this last time around? I don't know. I don't remember. But I guess there's going to be better Wi-Fi. There will be... Um, they're going to like renovate the concession stands. Outside of that, it's parking, which isn't exciting. A bridge that comes from a parking lot that is literally a mile away. I know where that park. It is a long walk. Sure. Where that bridge is going to be, that is a long walk. And I thought the biggest laugher was like that little. They're basically going to build a park where the K is. And I wasn't expecting anything like, like. Power and light. I wasn't expecting a, a, a whole other power and light. Yeah. By by Arrowhead Stadium because you're going to have just a limited da- limited amount of dates and that area isn't exactly the wealthiest. And you know those kind of areas can be pretty expensive to go out and eat and have a few drinks. It it opens up the opportunity to do more music festivals. Ish. 
but type of. But it's not of, really yeah. that kind of. No, area, it's not. Though. No, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm just pointing out. It's not big enough. First of all, a potential what? thought process there. I don't know. It just it just wasn't very exciting to me. It, it just to me it wasn't enough for your diehard nosebleed type of fans. Now they, I mean, they're going to renovate the suites if they need that. Whatever you know, that's probably long overdue. The the field level suites, I you know, I still question like who really wants the. I I understand they always sell them. Like AT and T Stadium is the best example. Best example, um, of an area of the field you can't see anything. But you're right. like close to the players. Right. And it's just an area to party. And I think it's just for the fans that don't necessarily care about every play of the game. They're just, you know, they're interested in the results and they want to have a good time and flex their cash. Really is. But I thought it was a pretty boring reveal. And I, I just it got me to wondering, like, would the taxpayer, your average taxpayer in Jackson County, want their money going towards these renovations that their tax money is actually paying for more than half more than half of that. I'm just, I'm, I'd be all in on building that new stadium at that point. I agree. I, I think there's only so much you could do with the stadium that's that old. Well, yeah, there's that matter it's too. It's also being treated like it's Wrigley Field. True. It is historical. I, I don't want to downplay that. I think that's the way Clark Hunt looks at it, though. Yeah, it's not that historical. It's historical, not that historical. All right. I got to get out of here. Troy... And Owen will take over next. I'm heading out to Manhattan High School for Manhattan Hoops. We start at 545. Go Cats.